Welcome to History of College Football Podcast. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we are lucky, and I'm honored to have a very special guest, Mr. Octavius McCoy. On October 26, 2013, Western Connecticut State Colonel's halfback, Octavius McCoy, set an NCAA single-game rushing record, rushing for 455 yards in a 55-35 to defeat of Worcestershire State Lancers. Now, to clarify, in the history of college football, on any level, Division I, II, or three, this was the most yards ever rushed by a single player in any game ever. Sir, you shattered the old mark previously held by Dante Brown of Marietta College, which was 441 yards back in 1996. Western Connecticut State Colonels is a Division Three school, and that day, on 43 carries, you rushed for five touchdowns and 455 yards. And in case the viewing audience is wondering, the FBS record is 406 yards by Ladanian Tomlinson. And if that's not enough, you did this in an era of spread formations, RPOs, and this was, from what I understand, your senior year. It is indeed an honor to have you on my podcast. Now, we'll get to that game in a moment, but, but first tell me, what, what brought you to Western Connecticut State? So um, thank you. That was a great introduction, Jay. Man, that, that gave me chills. I'm super excited. Um, so what Western Connecticut State, um, so after junior college, I was deciding I was kind of out of football for, for a few months. And I was deciding, like, I needed something. I was trying to figure out what is going to help me bring out the best Octavius. You know, I was going into my junior and senior year, and I was um, before the transfer portal actually was a thing. Um, prospects transferring in the offseason was already a thing. So I was on that little carousel of figuring out where do I want to go. And I had an opportunity to come back home. So I was like, okay. It wasn't a matter of what school I wanted to go to. It was a matter of what school could was going to be the perfect fit for me to reach my fullest potential. And at the time, Western Connecticut had one of the longest losing streaks in the country. I think at the time they had the longest losing streak in the country. 20, there was only like 21 games. So I was like, okay, this is a challenge I want to accept. So I said, okay, let me, I'm gonna go here. It was in-state school. It wasn't that expensive. Um, I'll be at my family and friends. All the factors pretty much aligned for me to say, okay, this is where I'm gonna plant my seeds for um, the remaining years of my, my football, college football. Oh, that is so commendable to hear. That's fantastic. Let's return to that day, October 26, 2013, the day you set an NCAA record for any level. One, two, or three, 455 yards. Now, going into that game against Worcester State, who was favored? Do you recall the records of both schools? Um, I know we had just come off a big homecoming win. Um, I think we have put up a school record 70 points against, um, I believe, Pittsburgh State, I want to say, I think it was. Wow. They, they were um, on a two-game skid. So um, I guess we, we were feeling good going into the game. We had, we had uh, two losses on our record at the time, so I'm pretty sure they were feeling good. It wasn't like um, they thought that we were unbeatable or anything. They had a pretty good offense too that year. So 
going into the game, both teams was pretty confident. So going into the game, did you do anything different preparation-wise before that game that you had done for other games? It's actually funny because I did one thing different that game. All season long, I hadn't played with a football eye shield on. Mm. Every game up for that year, I had played without a football eye shield. At the beginning of that week for practice, I decided to put my eye shield back on my helmet. <laughs> and Whoa. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what it did, but my teammates, everybody was making fun. They were making jokes about it, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, something, something's going to happen. Or, you know, like, oh, you got the visor back on. Like, you know, regular football jokes. But I didn't take it serious. I was putting it back on, just a little change up. That was actually the only change up that I did. I did uh, my regular routines. I didn't do anything that was any different from, from that. That's incredible. <laughs> so take us through the game first the game plan that day was it predominantly to run the ball um so well every coach as you know every coach wants to every offense well coach in general they want to establish the run game in every game it's the building blocks of us of what you're trying to do offensively it takes pressure off the quarterback it establishes aggressive um it gets the big boys going body on body. It sets the tone. So running a football was is always any coaches one of his main things. They want to run the football. So it, we from that standpoint, we didn't change what our identity and what we wanted to do. We like to run the football every game, take pressure off our quarterback, open up the passing game, uh, keep the defense honest, and play physical football. So from that standpoint. Um, me being a running back, I love it. Let's go. I want to run the ball. And so that's right up my alley. So, but there, as far as it being like an integral part of the game plan, it's the integral part of every game plan, pretty much. Outstanding answer. I got to ask you, do you recall your first run in the game? <laughs> I don't. I, all I know is I fell forward. I went, I went forward. That's that's all I do know. I don't remember exactly how many yards it was or, um, you know, exactly the run. All I know is positive yardage. And um, that's my mentality when I run. I just – I try to get positive yardage and keep the ball moving forward and try to fall forward and just let the runs come to me. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> now, the first half, take us through it. Uh, do you recall how many yards you had by halftime? Um, so the first, the way the game went off, um, the game itself was windy. It was very windy. One of those, uh, you know, those fall, one of those fall days where it's just transitioning out of summer. Now the wind starting to pick up. So for the first time all season, we were playing against the elements. You know, it was up until that point, it was just pretty fair weather, you know, the, the fair share of just humidity, nice. It, it felt good. But that that Saturday was windy beyond anything all season. It was that transition phase. So we couldn't – we weren't able to throw the ball like we wanted to throw the ball. Um, both teams weren't able to throw the ball like we wanted to throw the ball. So the game plan, we both decided to start run, running the ball and try to – 
get the throws in when we could predict how the win was going to go. But for the most part, it was trying to run the ball. Did not know that. Did not know that. Yeah, and as far as um halftime, to answer the second part of your question, at halftime, we were losing. So we were losing. Oh. Most people don't realize that. And I have to take my hat off to Wooster State because they were beating us for three quarters. It was back and forth, but they were up for they were they were giving us they were giving us giving us their best. So it wasn't like this team was wasn't playing football. They just had somebody show up and run all over. That wasn't the case at all. They were they were in the game and they were scoring points and they were beating us. And I had the hot hand. That's that's what it was. I had the hot hand. So uh, that just happened how it played played out. Our co- my coach just kept feeding me the ball. Man, that even makes it more extraordinary because you want to fight all the yeah. way through. Incredible. Absolutely. During the game, as the game was going on, I guess particularly in the second half, did you know you were on pace to break the record? No. No. I don't think I don't think any. And I'm just being honest. I mean, uh, you get some guys who probably have have people tracking the stats and tracking the numbers throughout the season. You have the reporters who are doing their thing. You have the people who are following analytics and things of that nature. But as far as record breaking, I don't think no athlete goes into every goes into a game saying, I'm going into this game to break records. Hmm. I think they go into the game just wanting to perform at their best level, you know? And I'm no different. I didn't go into the game thinking, oh, I'm going to break a record. I had no idea. I think I think um, my coaches were aware I had I had been carrying the load most of the game. So I think at halftime, what it was is they were like, okay, he has, I think maybe I had over 200 yards at halftime. But wow. we were losing. So whatever the case was, we weren't doing enough. I wasn't doing like our team, we weren't doing enough. So we had to figure out what we're going to do to win this game. So whatever I had at halftime was irrelevant. We were trying to just figure out how can we get up on this team? So I had no idea at halftime, any of that. All I remember is my coach, he came over to me. He asked me, he was like, how you feel? How you feel? Because I guess they were feeding me, and they know how I, how I was feeling. Because usually, I think I was getting maybe between twenty and thirty carries at that at a game. I think at halftime I was already like used to over my average, maybe. So wow. Came to me and asked me how was I feeling, and I told him I felt great. I didn't. And we were losing. My adrenaline was up. I'm like, I feel great. We gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do, we gotta win. So that's the most honest I could be. I had no idea about no record. That's incredible. It makes this incredible record even more incredible. You scored, sir, five touchdowns that day. I, I got to ask this one as well. On each of the touchdowns, incredible, by the way. As you got the ball, did you know where you were going in? Could you feel it? Um, every touchdown, every touchdown, I mean, every time you get the ball and you score a touchdown, you want another one. So I just... I wanted, I wanted another one. That I mean, I think that's just the, the mentality across the landscape. If you throw a touchdown as a quarterback, you want to throw another one. If you 
run one as a running back, you want to run another one. If you catch one as a receiver, you want to catch another one. So it's not a matter of, oh, did I want to score? Absolutely, I wanted to score. And it wasn't a matter of how many can I score? I want to score as many as I possibly can because that's, <laughs> I mean, I think we all feel that way. Let's go out there and try to get as much as we can. And the added emphasis is that we were losing. So in my mind, none of that was registered and didn't matter to me. It wasn't, oh man, I got however many touchdowns. I'm looking at the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And if we're if we're winning, great. If we're losing, I don't care about any of that, any of those stats, you know. So I had no idea about um how, how many I had. I just was I was really in my zone and I was really just trying to win. So we I think I have, I did finish with five, but it wasn't, I wasn't keeping track by no means at all. What an incredible answer. Incredible answer. (laughs) What was the score going into the fourth quarter? Do you recall? Um, I don't remember the score, but I remember where the tie shifted. Mm, We we scored 27 fourth quarter points. Wow. To their seven. So if anyone who's analyzing the game just look at the box score, you can see where exactly where we were and where we began to break up, break away. And it was that fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, we put up 27 points. And they could only answer our touch, one touchdown for us. So that's where we transitioned and started to break away from them. That's remarkable. And then my coach, I believe, took me out with maybe six maybe six or seven minutes left in the game. So I didn't even finish a large portion of the fourth quarter. I did not know that. You did not play the last six or seven minutes of the game? Yeah, I didn't even play the last six or seven minutes of the game. Once we got ahead and we got ahead comfortably, my coach, he, he took me out the game. He was like, we got to, I think we could hold them. We were up, we went up two scores and we were under either six or seven minutes and our deep, they weren't, they were having trouble with our defense, we had figured them out on defense. And, and Coach, I think I was already over 40 or something carries. And Coach was like, yeah, you're, you're done for the day. I think we can hold them. I didn't finish maybe the last six, seven minutes of the game. You rushed for 455 yards in three and a half quarters? I have no idea. I find that one of the more, probably most remarkable statement I've had on any of my podcasts. That is incredible beyond words. I was wary too at the time because I'm like, are you sure? Mind you, this is a team that was beating us all games. So I'm like, Coach, yes. I was like, I don't know. Again, I didn't know about no stats or nothing. I was like, I don't know, Coach. I don't, I'm not that comfortable. But he was like, no, you're done. You're good. You're, we're we're going to handle it. I was like, are you sure? I must have asked him, are you sure? Maybe five or six times. Wow. Like, How yeah. did you find out you broke the record? So, um. I was falling asleep on the bus. Um, so after after the game was over, we won. All my adrenaline is gone. Now I'm 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 I'll i put it all out there. I was tired. So after the shower, I just remember still kind of being in the zone a little. Like the zone is what we we always say as athletes. I just remember kind of being in the zone. And um it was kind of weird. And then maybe I think my teammates or my coaches said to me. I may have I may have set a record, right? And then I remember, um, I, I hate like how can I put this? I was I, I was I was breaking records throughout the season, right? So every game I was 
breaking some sort of school record. So to me, when I heard that, I just thought it was another school record that I broke. Okay. I was breaking them throughout the season. So I didn't, I didn't think that, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, okay, maybe I got another school record. More importantly, I'm like, we got the win. The record came, you know, fine, fine with me. I'll accept it. I'm excited about it. Obviously, everyone's excited if they get a record. But I, as far as nationally or or how it went, I have no idea. No idea. That's remarkable. When you realized it, what, what did your coach say to you? teammates, friends, family, how did they react? Um, so how about the coach first? We were all just happy, honestly. We were all just happy. Um, deep, I think collectively we, we, we were just happy as far as it didn't it didn't hit me or any of us. Like I don't think it started to hit me. I know for sure for me, I can only speak for me. I don't know when everybody else, because after we got on the bus, by the time we traveled back to campus, um then we started I started seeing messages and stuff and then I started to think whoa this is this may be legit like I don't yes I didn't even really know if it was legit at first it was kind of like an out-of-body experience you know as a kid you grow up and you're like you're watching ESPN college football Saturdays and you're just like you're watching the ticker and you're watching the stuff going up there and you're just like man that's super exciting so when it was actually now it was actually hit me and I got to my room and I took a shower and I went to sit down because I'm, I'm a college football fan like everybody else on college Saturday. I watched my games and then at the end of the day, I try to catch the fast minutes to see what, who, who won, who did what. So I'm, I took my shower, sat down. Um, and then I think it really hit me like, like I had really digested it a little. I was seeing my name on there and I was like, well, then I woke up. I mean, I went to check my phone and my phone was going crazy. So I was like, I, I guess, I guess that's, I, I did that. And then I just was like, man, I couldn't believe it at first. I, I couldn't believe it at first to be all honest. I really couldn't. I was super excited, but I, I really couldn't believe it. I was just happy. I was just happy. I was just happy. That is amazing, <laughs> sir. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> now, that was the third time that season you scored five touchdowns in a game. What, what is your running style? So I'm going to go a little off topic right now because. Yes, sir. The great, one of my favorite boxers is Floyd Mayweather Jr. Mm. So years, years ago, I heard him. I heard an interview that he did and he said, they asked him, you know, about his fighting style. And he said that I take a little bit from all the fighters that I love and I shake, I put it in one box and I shake it up and I try to see what I'm gonna come up with. And that's trend, translating that to football. That's exactly what I did, you know? I'm a, again, I'm a fan of the sport. I, I love the sport. I, there's so many guys that I love offensively, defensively. And all I did was all the guys I admire, I just took a little bit from each of them. You know, we all come in, we all come in different sizes, right? Some of us are bigger, some of us are smaller, some of us are have more have quickness, some of us have elite speed, some of us are just 
beast athletically. Some of us are blessed with athleticism. Some of us are blessed with, you know, just knowledge of the game. So what I did, I just took those sentiments and I applied them to football. And I took a little bit from all of the great running backs that I admire. Great running backs, great defensive backs. And I just, that's how I play. You know, I, I just made this big jumbled up puzzle. I put these pieces together and made a puzzle and I kind of developed my own style. As far as my own style, I would say, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As far as my own style, I would say that uh, my gift is knowing my opponent, like the tendencies of what the defense want, would like to do. You know, I watched a lot of film because obviously, I and I tell people this all the time, I'll be the first one to admit, I didn't believe I was good, that good. I believed that I had to work and I had to study and I had to practice and I had to train and I have to do more. I never believed that I'm this all world player that can just rely on my athleticism, rely on my God gifted speed or anything. So I always had the mentality that I'm not good enough. So what that did was lead me to study more, train more, watch tendencies of my opponents. And that's what I did. So I think what makes me, like alluding back to your question, what makes me a good running back is I was able to learn my opponent's tendencies. I knew what the linebacker was going to do. I knew what the safety was going to do. I knew what the you know, what was going on. I knew their tendencies. I knew who liked to take angles to try to chase people down. I, I knew who was the, the guys I could outrun and who I couldn't outrun. I knew the guys who played with just pure recklessness and I just learned tendencies. And the second part of what makes me a good running back is I think my vision, you know, as I approached the line of scrimmage, I was already able to, understand and just see what the safeties was going to do what the linebackers was going to do I had it already programmed in my head so all that allowed me to just react I wasn't out there thinking I was I'm just a reactive okay this he's going this way I'm going this way he's coming this way he's going I know where he's going I know where I need to be so tendency, learning my opponent's tendencies and already believing in my vision I think those are are my two greatest strengths as, as a runner, were, were my two greatest strengths as a runner. What a phenomenal answer. And it worked. You mastered your craft. You did something no other running back had ever done. I mean, bravo, sir. What a great answer. Sir, thank I have you. to ask you. Thank you. <laughs> I have to ask you, do you have any advice for high school running backs that aspire to be great? Um. I'm a, I mean, you're going to love this answer, but it's a truthful answer. Yes, sir. Because although I did, you know, I broke a record and, you know, I'm super excited about it. Um, my ultimate goal was always to go division one. That was my ultimate goal. And my next answer is going to, is what I would tell these young guys. Maintain a 3.0 GPA or better. And then the ground will be fertile for you to be ready to chase your greatness. You gotta start there, you know, you gotta start there. I was, I got lucky, you know, I got lucky. I learned that later on while I still had the chance to actually go out there and break a record or, you know, win a championship and just, you know, play the sport that I love. But if you wanna truly, truly, truly be great, 
you got to start in the classroom. You got to start with studying. You got to start with your grades. You got to start with listening to your teachers before you can listen to your coaches. Maintain a 3.0 GPA or better. And then what's the, what's the saying go when the student's ready, the teacher will appear? Yes, sir. Ready. When you're ready, then your teacher will appear and then you can go on to chase whatever your greatness is. But start there. You gotta start there. That is sage advice, insightful. It even goes so far as to say that should be played in every locker room before the season starts. Beautifully said, sir, beautifully said. Sir, tell us about your life these days. So right now, I'm super excited about this. So right now, I'm um, doing, as you know, pre uh, preeminent scouting. It's my startup company. It's, I'll refer to it as my newborn, my newborn baby. I'm nurturing it and, uh, and I'm growing it. Um, I'm reaching out and speaking to athletes. I'm tutoring and I'm helping, um, you know, giving them that type of advice right there. You know, this is what you need to do. This is going to give you a better chance of being in the position, whatever position you're trying to go to. You got to start here. You got to surround yourself with these type of individuals versus these type of individuals following the footsteps of players before you who made mistakes, me as an example, and the ones who do it the right way. You know, you get these, you can be a 4.0 student and an All-American. You don't have to be one or the other. I think for me, um, I always thought I had to pick one or the other. Oh, I, it's not cool to be a 4.0 student. Oh, I'd rather be that All-American. No, if you could do both, do both. Why not do both? Why not do both? So that's my message that I push when I talk to these kids. And I talk to kids all the time. I've talked to thousands and thousands of kids, just giving them that same message. Like, you can do both. You can be that super 4.0 student, and you can be that super All-American trophy winner athlete that you want to be. You, you don't have to choose between the two. You can be both. Very inspirational. I I man, you're going to succeed. If I can do anything on my end, high school athletes need to hear your words. So again, inspirational, super stuff. Absolutely super. So Mr. Octavius McCoy, do you have time for a couple of purely fun questions, sir? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was looking to this part of the segment. Let's <laughs> I like to end all my segments if my guests are amenable. And you're so well-spoken, sir. I'm very glad you decided to play play along too. All right, we'll start. Who is your favorite player in college football history? Charles Woodson. Oh, I yes. Think, I don't need to think. Charles Woodson is an anomaly. He was amazing. He, he is, he just went into the Hall of Fame, by the way, and I was so excited. I was so stoked. I mean, Charles Woodson is my absolute, absolute, absolute favorite college football player. He's my number, maybe my number one or two favorite player all around. Mm. But my number one favorite is Reggie Bush. I'm around. Oh. Reggie Bush is my, my absolute favorite. Charles Woodson is my number two favorite. But on any given day, it don't, I don't know which one I'll choose. I still remember that run against Fresno State, like a video game, man. Oh, incredible. Most memorable play in college football history for you, sir. Okay, so this one is 
Man, this this day is actually funny. This is you're gonna be shocked about this, but yes, my most fit, my most memorable memory is the game winner that snapped the the losing streak. Because remember, when I went went to West Ham, I sat out. That was my goal. I wasn't thinking about what happened after that. My only sole focus goal was to be a part of the team that ended that losing streak, and what was it, week week nine of the 2012 season, we, we did that. And uh-huh. overtime, scored the game winner to snap the streak, and it literally shifted our university. It literally shifted the tie, and that's what I wanted. That's what, that was our ultimate goal. It was the first year of uh, head coach uh, Joe Loft, who's now the all-time women's football coach at Western Connecticut State. Mm. Love him dearly. Um, and that was that's that's where it all began for me. And what's funny was it was October 26 of 2012, exactly one year to the day wow. of the NCAA record. Wow, incredible! And that is so admirable because that is why you chose the school for that very reason. Beautiful. What was the greatest game in college football history, sir? Okay. All right, so for this one, bear with me. I got four games. Yes, sir. Got the time. That I think, and, and these are my opinions. Don't Twitter. I don't need Twitter coming for me. I don't need anyone coming. These are just my opinions, okay? Yes, sir. Number one favorite game. I'm an offensive, offensive guy. I like watching shootouts. I like points. So I'm going with the 74 to 72 shootout versus Q mm. and Texas A&M. One of the most electrifying games in college football history. Both teams putting up numbers, out there competing, not quitting, going after each other. That's what college football fans love to see. That's what college football fans play to see. That's what college football want. College football players love being in games like that. My number two favorite game also is they're not always super big SEC, super big. Uh, Big 12s and Pac 10s. I'm going with the the uh, Memphis versus UCF in the ACC championship double overtime win, 62 to 55 game. Another shootout game. I love UCF. I love Memphis. I love how they play football. I love how they score points. I love how they go after each other. That's my second favorite game. My third favorite game, which also is one of the most heartbreaking games that I experienced in my young teens, kind of like the loss of a first love. <laughs> Ohio State upset in Miami in the 03 Fiesta Bowl. That was a tough one. That was a tough one for me. I love, absolutely love Miami. I absolutely love Ohio State. I usually never bet against Ohio State, not even when they play Alabama. I know I'm biased. I know for <laughs> me, I love Alabama. Nick Saban's doing great. He's only lost 23 games in his whole stint there at Alabama, which is amazing. So yes, Miami. I mean, Ohio State upset in Miami in 03. Oh, still bugs me. <laughs> that really does it for me. The one that really does it for me is Vince Young. In this Texas Longhorns upsetting my USC Trojans 
and Reggie Bush. <laughs> Young is a bad man. But that game was a heartbreaker. And so those are my top four right there, man. Those are my top, my top four greatest games in college football history. You just made my youngest son very happy. My youngest son <laughs> is big, and we have this ongoing <laughs> argument. Texas, USC, or Boise State, Oklahoma, the better game. And he maintains it is USC, Texas. He's my guy. I heard him throw out a team. I heard him throw out Boise State. So we're going to touch base on that a little later. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what was the greatest season in college football history? I got two for you. Yes, sir. So again, you know, different days. Some days I'm feeling, feeling different ways. So what's the toss up between the two? I'm going to go with Barry Sanders, Heisman mm. season, and Charles Woodson, Heisman season. And the reason I'm going to do that, I'm going to explain. Both may never be replicated again. Why do I say that? A defensive player may never win the Heisman in this era again. And a running back, due to the spread offense being the new trend, may never have a season where they rush for 2,800 and 50 yards, and guess how many touchdowns? 44. That is what, that's what quarterbacks are throwing nowadays. For a running back to score 44 touchdowns in a season, man, you – I mean, I don't know if that will ever be done again. So, Barry Sanders, 88 Heisman season, remarkable. 2,850 yards, 44 touchdowns. Went all the way over to Japan or what was it, uh, Tokyo for a game. That's how popular he was in. He was transitioned uh, internationally, college football branding internationally. Man, and, and then Charles Woodson, just those two, two of the greatest players ever, two of the definitely two of the greatest college football players ever. And they had two of the greatest seasons, in my opinion, ever. And you have some great points. I see where you're coming from. Absolutely. <laughs> Biggest upset, sir, in college football history. Again, I already talked, spoke on this earlier. Sure. Upset, in my opinion, which broke my heart the worst, has mm -hmm. Vince Young Longhorns upset in USC. It was a great game. I just wish, I just wish USC would, I just wish USC would have closed the deal. I just wish they would have closed the show. Great game though, Vince Young, one of the best college football quarterbacks. Texas, you know, a huge brand. Um, we may not be able to get, get into the, the whole realignment with the SEC. That's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. Texas and, is a, a huge brand, and Vince Young, I mean, those boys went out there and beat one of the best teams, arguably, in college football history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, for the hardest of the questions, greatest team and greatest team in college football history, sir. My opinion. Again, I always say that. My opinion. People yes, their teams. And I totally understand, but no question to me, the greatest college football team in history has to be the 01-02 Miami Hurricanes. They could do it all. They didn't rely solely on offense or defense. All around, those teams beat anyone on any given day in all three phases of the game. And that's rare. That's rare. You get some teams who got an explosive offense that nobody can stop. Or they have a 
lights out defense that no offense could crack the code, or they have special teams that just get it done. They either block a punt, they either hold pin people inside the 10 every time. They either got a, a electrifying punt returner. And if we're being honest, Miami from 01 to 02, that team is full of Hall of Famers across the board. Yes, sir. Full of pro bowlers. Longest winning streak in college football, winning all these different ways. And they did it in different phases of each game. Now, there are, are more great teams, in my opinion, that I also love, that I put on my honorable mention list, right? Mm. I have the 09 and 2020 Alabama. Mm. Two, I think those are two of the only teams to finish undefeated for Nick Saban, and it's clear why. This past season, that Alabama team was lights out. Absolutely lights out. Yes, sir. Four oh five USC Trojans, like as I already mentioned, with Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, and them guys. Huge winning streak. They did it in the mecca of entertainment, which is Los Angeles. Um, you know, you know how it's a circus over there. So to be able to stay focused with all the hype, all the celebrities, and everything that was going on is remarkable. Pete Carroll, Hall of Fame coach, the old two Buckeyes with Jim Trussell. I mean, I, I couldn't leave them off the list. They beat the team that I think is the greatest team of all time. Yes, so I sir. The old two Buckeyes on the list. The 2018 Clemson Tigers. Mm. We may never see a dynamic set of wide receivers like the 2018 receivers at Clemson. Those guys were unguardable. They proved it. They went out there and beat an Alabama team that had first rounders across the board a secondary that was full of All-Americans, 2018 uh, Clemson Tigers. Keeping it moving, more contemporary, we're going to go with the 2019 LSU Tigers. 15-0, mm. offense absolutely unstoppable. I don't, I don't think there was any defensive coach that season that slept because they, he knew no matter what he did, that offense was going to score points one of the most explosive offenses in college football history. Incredible offense. We're going to go with the 2017 UCF Knights. Oh, yes, yes. Undefeated. Undefeated. This team was amazing. And what brought their brand to the next level is they beat an Auburn team that was in the SEC. Nobody gave them a chance to win. They went out there, beat them, finished the season undefeated. Your son's going to love this one. Boise State Broncos upsetting the Oakland <laughs> 016. That 016, I remember watching that 016, right? And I thought, this is the kind of team I would love to play for. Not only did they have a great team, they were tricky. Yes. The coach kept it fun. They always had trick plays. They were they would get up and get ahead of teams by trick plays and team can never figure them out. And this, the coach was innovative. I forget the name of the coach at the time. I don't think he's there anymore, is he? No, sir. No, sir. Okay, but I'm, I need to look look him up because, man, he, he was – that team was a great team and they upset Oklahoma. And I love I love that they upset Oklahoma. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the Statue of Liberty coming. I was <laughs> – 
did this just happen? I was over the over the moon. I was so excited. I was like, man, this is what I love about college football. Absolutely. Another team that I believe, again, I believe was a really, really good team was the 09 Cincinnati Bearcats. Oh, yes. Um, with um, uh, Coach Kelly before he went to Notre Dame. They were all upset with him about, oh, he's leaving Cincinnati. He's going to Notre Dame. That year, he did so much with less. He beat teams all different ways, running the ball, offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, I think Gilliard was the return man that year who was a great player. I think he played a few years in the league. But that 09 Cincinnati team, they lost to uh, Tim Tebow and them in the bowl game. But one of the best teams I've seen, they fought through adversity. And the reason I put them on this list is how they defeated a great Pittsburgh team that year who it, the conditions were horrible. It, it was raining, then it was snowing, they had turnovers, and they still – and my, it was the game that was going to have them finish out the conference undefeated. So it was it was one of those games where they, they didn't need to win. They were going to a bowl game regardless. But the pride – and just the grit, and and also Pittsburgh played a great game that game too. So it's not sure. like they laid down. That was a great game. I think that was a great team, the old nine Cincinnati Bearcats. And I'll save the best for last. Vince Young's 05 Texas Longhorns, one of the greatest teams ever. So that completes my list of the greatest teams. Real quick, I'll go 0102 Miami Hurricanes. 09-2020 Alabama Crimson Tide, 04-05 USC, 02 Buckeyes, 2018 Clemson Tigers, 2019 LSU, 2017 UCF, the 06 Boise State Broncos, the 09 Cincinnati Bearcats, and the 05 Texas Longhorns. I think all those teams could beat any team from any era on any, on any given day. Um, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams. You bring up so many good points and you back up your <laughs> argument. I find it impossible to argue with you. That is phenomenal. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Octavius McCory. It was an oh, honor to have you as a guest. You are so articulate, so passionate. Your record speaks for itself. You carved yourself, your name, into the Mount Rushmore of college football. Thank I want you, to sir. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me on here. Make sure you guys, anybody who want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter at scoutox underscore five, scoutox underscore five. I'm, I post sometimes. Most of the time, I'm just talking to kids, trying to be around the clock for them, answer questions for them. If you want to learn more about me, I do have my book out on Amazon. It's called uh, Let Them Run, Secretary is Ghost. Um, I talk a little bit about that game. I talk about my past. I talk about, you know, just different experiences in my life, different football experiences in my life. Um, if you like this conversation, I talk a lot about football in my book as well. I talk a lot about academics as well. I talk a lot about mental health as well, things that, you know, athletes think about that can help, you know, sports psychologists understand what athletes may be going through who are, you know, put in a position to be role models at such early ages and they don't even know how to be a role model because I'll tell you a quick story and, and then I'll let you go, Jeff. Yes, sir. Before I was 12 years old, I was already, 
you know, in the newspapers. And I was already talking to reporters. So I was, my play as a player was taking on a life of its own that I didn't understand from a personal development part. And being young and, and people telling you all oh, this, all oh, this, you need to go to the NFL. Oh, you need to go all, all these different things at such an early age. You don't really know. So part of me writing my book is I put myself back into that frame and I talk to my younger self and things that I told them, like, dude, you're just a kid. Be a kid. You know, a lot of people want to live vicariously through you when you're young. And that's okay, but if you don't know how to handle it and you don't know how to understand exactly that you still have to go through your process, you try to skip stages. You try to think, well, I'm 12 right now. All I got to do is turn 21, and then I'm going to be the man on TV and the NFL doing all these great things when you don't – life isn't about skipping stages. You go through every stage. So – that's another thing. Secretary's Ghost is available on Amazon.com. Uh, make sure you guys go out and check it out. I think you will enjoy the read. Um, I try to give as much as myself and as honest as I can, as transparent as I can um, for my love for the game. And yeah, that's about it. So check it out. Uh, let them run. Secretary's Ghost is available on Amazon.com. Fantastic. Follow this man, ladies and gentlemen. He is inspirational, he is articulate, and he is the athlete of a lifetime. He did something no one ever did, and I don't think we'll do again. Thank you for listening to College Football. I am Jay Abrams, and thank you. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode. (laughs) 